Amen. On um, Friday night, we have that. On Saturday, then, we have the street reach where we're going to go out and um, just minister to people. And then here's something that's not in your um, calendars, but you probably need to mark. About the first week of March, which is March 3rd, um, we're going to start a new Sunday school class. Eugene and Stephanie will be teaching it. It's going to be on the Holy Spirit. So if you have questions, if you're interested in getting closer and moving in that rim, which we would highly recommend that, um, get, in, get in that class um, starting in March on the Holy Spirit. Um, went to a men's conference and the Lord began to deal with me before the conference ever began. Something my spiritual father taught me um, years ago. He said that I should be praying uh, for every member in the church and um, calling their name out to the Lord every day. And I said, brother, I said, there's just too many of them. And he said, um, well, let's pray that God decreases that number so you can do what's right. And I said, no, no, let's, let's rephrase this. Let's let the Lord give me more time. And so I had got lax in that. It's real easy, instead of calling you out name by name, to say, God bless all the members of the church and all the contacts. So anyway, the Lord's really convicted me on that. So I've started back um, calling your name out and um, just asking the Lord would bless you. And so told the Wednesday night crowd that if there's something that you want me to be praying specifically for, send me a, a short text and I'll write that down and we'll pray um, in agreement with you. But this is the contact sheet. This is not the membership um, sheet, but it's the contact sheet. And so I'm going to have this out to where you can look at it because I know there's still a lot of names I don't have. If you've never filled out any kind of paperwork, um, just giving us your information, uh, I it's not this is not a ploy this is really genuine i want to pray for you and i want to be praying for you every day but i'm going to go down this list and so you need to make sure your name is on this list and so i'll just put it um let's see one of you guys can get it back to that back welcome table and um and so you, you just make sure your name's on that just write it in pencil it in anywhere you can you can find it deb that's in your calendar. Yeah, sure is. At 12 o'clock there at the fountain. Alrighty. Um, by the way, there's 150 families now coming to this church. That's what I've got right now. Um, so the Lord has definitely increased us. That means that we're running anywhere from 300 to 450 people. And so... Uh, this is going to make a little bit more sense as I get into the scripture. But there's just a lot of things that we can't see with our eye that God is doing. And you just need to know God's doing wonderful things here. Uh, and, and not just here, elsewhere. Through I believe through this whole community, through the world, God is pouring out His Spirit. Amen. Today I want to talk to you in John chapter 16, verse 16 through 24. And I titled this, The Precious Faith Walk. The Precious Faith Walk. The first time I titled it, I, I titled it The Faith Walk, Precious or Miserable. And so I know a lot of Christians that are sort of miserable in their faith walk. We might call it a faith journey. You know, I have a picture on my wall of Noah's Ark under construction. You know Noah's Ark was on under construction about 120 years. And then they stayed in it for a year. 
And most of the time when we think about it, we think about the completed thing, right? We think about the finished product. Do you know that you are under construction? And for some reason, we don't see that. We just always want to see the finished product. But you're not going to see the finished product until you get to heaven. But I believe this. I believe Christians ought to enjoy the construction. We ought to enjoy the journey of walking with Him. Now, Satan's, Satan is trying to get you off of looking at the joy and start criticizing yourself. And all you see about yourself is the defeat and the things that you've got wrong. And I believe the Lord today wants to change our view to where you see the finished work instead of the all the things that you're doing wrong. You know, I really believe that this is where the body of Christ comes alongside and we help each other. Because oftentimes you don't see it in you, but other people see it in you. They see that you're not the same person that, that started, you know, a couple years ago or even a couple of months ago, right? That God has really changed. Have you ever met someone that gave their heart to Jesus and even their countenance changed? Right? Yeah, God is, God's doing that kind of thing. Okay, so John chapter 16. It's a wonderful portion of scripture that if, if you get this, I'll let you preach it. So <laughs> he says, a little while and you'll not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me because I go to the Father. Then some of his disciples said among themselves, what is this he's saying to us? I think every one of us would say that, right? What in the world does he mean by that? Uh, a little while and you'll not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, what is this that he says a little while? We do not know what he's saying. Now, Jesus knew that they had a desire to ask him. And he said to them, are you inquiring among yourself um, about what I said a little while and you'll not see me and again a little while and you will see me most assuredly I say to you that you will weep and lament but the world will rejoice you will be sorrowful but the sorrow will be turned into joy hallelujah that's right somebody got that a woman when she is in labor has sorrow because her hour has come but as soon as she's given birth to that child she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow. But I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take away from you. And in that day, you'll ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full." Hallelujah. Father God, we just come before you today. And Lord, I want that fullness of joy. God, I believe every person in here says, sign me up for that. I want my cup to be overflowing with joy in the Lord. God, it's so easy today to get our eyes on the circumstances of life and it's just depressing. So God, I pray today that the Spirit of the Lord would come in here unhindered and unfettered, God, that He would be able to touch every heart and every set of eyes in here and begin to lift them off circumstances and begin to place them upon the promise. Hallelujah. The promise that you have given us, even in this passage, there's a promise, a fulfillment, Lord. Your word says that in your presence is fullness of joy. 
Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for every person that's in this house today. But Lord, I'm more thankful that I know that I know that I know that the Spirit of God is right here with us. As we lift you up, Lord, you come in. And you inhabit the praise of your people. And God, you're not here just to receive praise. You are here to change lives. So Lord, we submit these things to you. We humbly bow in your presence. And we look to you, God. You are the only source that can change a man's life. Lord, you are able to take the broken and make whole again, Father. And you're the only one that does that. With no condemnation and no scolding. Father, I thank you, Lord. You're not the God that scolds us when we make a mistake. You are the God that that pulls us in close and says, let's do it again. Let's try it again. Here's a, a second chance in this. God, let us hear your grace today. Let us feel your compassion and your joy, your joy that you have for us. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, for you are my rock and my redeemer, and I worship you. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, he says, we walk by faith and not by sight. You know, that one verse is in the scripture four times. Four times he reminds us, you don't walk by faith. By flesh, by sight, you walk by faith. I think it's one of the biggest challenges in the Christian life is to quit going by what you see. The um, Hebrews chapter 12, here's the greatest example that we have of today's lesson. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. He says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He is our example. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How could scripture record that there was joy in going to the cross for Jesus? Does that make any sense to anyone? No, that's absolutely ludicrous. It doesn't make sense in your physical realm. But it's, uh, he says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy, who's that joy? You are that joy. See, Jesus knew that when I go to the cross, I'm going to bring all these people back into fellowship with the Father. The same fellowship that Adam and Eve had in the garden, I'm going to restore it by my work on the cross. So yes, I'll go to the cross. His flesh said, I don't want to go to the cross. But he said, not my will, but your will be done. I'm already getting too excited. You need to say, settle down, pastor, settle down. Don't be drinking so much coffee before service. <laughs> so the disciples, he's speaking to the disciples. Last week he was telling them, you're getting ready to go through a major transition. And I want you to know I'm going to walk with it, walk with you through it. And so this week he says, in a little while, you're going to be sad. But in a little while, you're going to be happy again. In a little while, you should... and they're like, What? And so I understand that. So here's my prayer. Lord, give us eyes of faith to see what only you see. Folks, that's exactly what he's saying. He's telling the disciples, I'm getting ready to die. And you're going to be sad. 
and the world's going to rejoice. But in a little while, all that's going to change. Because I'm not staying in that grave. I'm coming out of that grave. And I'm going to resurrect. And I'm going to show you I've resurrected. I'm going to appear to a bunch of you. And I'm going to show you the power of the resurrections. Come on, people. It now dwells in you. Hallelujah. The power to change. The power to defeat any obstacle in this life is now in you. Hallelujah. We have this treasure in this earthen vessel that the excellency would be of Him and not of us. God give us eyes to see. In 2 Kings chapter 6, there's a great story about Elisha and his servant. And Syria has come along and they're beginning to attack them. And they, uh, they have surrounded Elisha and his servant too. They've uh, surrounded them with many, many chariots, many, many people. And uh, Elisha's servant is going crazy. I mean, he's just like... Ah! We're gonna die. We're gonna die. We're, you ever, you ever had a day like that? Oh, we're gonna die. We're gonna die. We're gonna, you know, settle yourself down. Right? Settle yourself down. And he says, come here, boy. He brings his servant over to him. I just see this in my mind. He lays his hand on him. He said, God, open his eyes. Open his eyes and let him see. You know, my brother, he's a preacher. He's the good preacher. <laughs> you should have. You should have. I'm thankful you didn't say amen on that. <laughs> if Arthur was here, he missed his chance. He always says stuff like this. In my mind's eye, I can see. In my mind's eye. What's he talking about? There are physical eyes and there are spiritual eyes. And we're not using our spiritual eyes. We're going through life just seeing the physical. And God, I think God's got a word for us today. I think God is saying, I want to lift up your eyes. And I want you to see that life is greater than the physical realm. Life is greater. Don't be defeated by what you see. Look through your spiritual eyes. So he laid his hands on his servant. He said, God, open his eyes. Let him see. And this servant opened his eyes. And he saw that the hills was surrounded with angelic forces. Right? I mean, who was really the outnumbered one? The Syrians. And as the Syrians got close, Elisha, he never lost his cool. Never got upset. He just looked and he said, Lord, just smite them with blindness. Bam. They're all blind. A blind army is not going to do a lot, right? And so they were able just to lead them right into captivity. Do you realize Satan's job is to make you focus on everything that's going wrong? You know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist scientists to see negative things to see everything that's wrong and it's so easy to to focus on this is wrong this is wrong this is not right i don't see you know we sing a song god is moving even when you don't see it you know thursday my brother came over and shared with me and um we didn't know him very well so he just wanted to come and get to know me and share his testimony 
And man, it touched my heart. I can't wait for you to hear this. We're going to baptize him here in a little bit. Not today, but in a few weeks. And I want him to share some of the things that God has done for him. But it's easy to see that, well, is God moving? Is he doing anything? And then in walks a young man that's had a sovereign move of God. That God has showed him the right way and the wrong way. And he submitted his heart to God and God is changing him. See, I'm privy to that. I got to hear that. You don't always get to hear it. But I'm telling you, God is moving. God is moving in our midst. So get your eyes off of the problem. Get your eyes off the sickness, off the disease. Get your eyes off the poverty. Get your eyes off of, of the defeat. And know, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. Lord, open our eyes. Psalms 119.18 says, Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. In other words, when you pray, when you begin to read your word, you need to pray that prayer. God, open my eyes. Let me see what that word is really saying. to. Let me get past the physical and let me see the spirit. This book that we hold in our lap is alive. It's a living book, right? It's a spiritual book. And you cannot understand it with a carnal mind. We read the Word of God with a carnal mind and expect to receive spiritual things. It's not going to happen until you pray, God, open my spiritual mind to receive. Ephesians chapter 118, Paul is praying for this church and he says that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. That would be my prayer for you today. Your eyes of understanding, that's not your physical eyes, guys. That you may know what is the hope of His calling. Not your calling, His calling. I think it's His calling on your life, personally. His calling. And what are the riches of His glory? You know, God's not broke. And God doesn't have to have a yard sale to to make the next electric bill. God's been providing for His people long before yard sales and bake sales. Right? Do you realize you're His son? You're His daughter? Now, I'm not preaching that ever you're going to be rich. I'm not preaching that. I'm preaching this. God will supply your need according to His riches and glory. doesn't say according to my riches. It says according to His riches and glory. All that you would know, the riches of His glory, of His inheritance in the saints. And then listen to this. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe? The exceeding greatness. I am so sick of Christians not understanding that God is all-powerful. You know, we sometimes assign more power to Satan than we do God. We make God into a man. God's not a man. God created man, right? God is God, and He is able. So every time you come to Him and you're, you're, oh, you're just so upset, God, I don't know what you can do about this. Stop that nonsense. You realize who you're addressing. God is God, and He can change whatever He wants to change. (laughs) 
So what do we need, folks? In a little while, things will make sense. Right now? Oh, you're going to love this. You need patience. You need patience. Hupomeno. <laughs> My Greek, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's to remain in one spot or keep a position. It's constant, steadfast, unwavering attitude. Often the better word is endurance. Maybe Jesus will say it in a little while. On the day of Pentecost, you're going to understand that it's better that I go away because I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you. And on the day, in 50 days from today, you're going to see what I'm talking about. Do you, come on, right now, you can't see it, but do you know the Lord may be saying in about 50 days, in about 50 days, I'm getting ready to do something so wonderful in your life that's all going to make sense. If I was the devil, and some people believe that I might be his twin, <laughs> if I was the devil, and I could perceive that you were getting close to a breakthrough, I would pour it on right before dawn breaks. Right before. You know why? Because I'm going to try to get you to open your mouth and speak doubt, speak fear. Speak unbelief. You know what you're doing? You're shooting yourself in the foot. Oh, I pray, oh Jesus, 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 do this, do this. Well, I don't think anything happened. I don't believe that prayer amounted to anything. See, sometimes we could say, hupomeno, patience, is the hanging in their power. You get me? After you've done the will of God, <clears throat> after you prayed, that is the will of God. After you prayed, you need some hupomeno in your life. You need some staying power. Hang on. No, no, you ain't hearing me. Look at me. Look at me. Hang on. Don't you give up on the promise. God is a God that fulfills his promise. He's not a man that he should be mocked. He's not a man that will lie to you. God is God. And He'll do what He says He's do. What you need to do is just bite on it and hang on to it. Right? Just like a bulldog. The reason their nose is back is where they can bite and breathe. <laughs> they will not let go. That's the way you need to be in your faith. Come on. Get in the Word of God. Find the promises of God. And then hang on to it. You're making me scream. I don't like to scream. <laughs> James 1.3 says, Let patience have her perfect work. There's not a person in here thinks anything that patience is perfect. You know, the church has told us for, for decades, don't pray for patience. Could we be more short-sighted than that? In your patience, possess ye your soul, is what the Word of God says. You have need of patience. She'll divorce that nonsense. Pray for patience. Say, Pastor, if I pray for patience, I'm going to get trouble. Yep, you may. Because the Lord's going to teach you. He's going to teach you. How do I endure? How can I 
how can I see one thing and believe for something else? That's the Christian walk, guys. Let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect. I like the word mature better. An entire lacking nothing. Sign up for that? Yeah. I don't want any lack in my life. You know, First Peter 2.5, he says, You also as living stones are built up into a spiritual house. He said, Jesus is the rock, but you're living stones. You know, man makes brick, but God makes stones. You know what makes a stone? Pressure. Pressure under time. Pressure under time builds a stone. We know how to make brick, but we don't know how to make stone. I can't make a stone. He doesn't call us a living brick. <laughs> that might, he might qualify more for that. <laughs> he calls us living stones because we're not man-made. Ooh, that's good. Thank you, Jesus. We're God-made. And God is building in you something precious. Hang in there. You get in a little while. In a little while, this will make sense to you. Faith is a battle. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Jesus related it to childbirth. I watched my wife go through childbirth three times. Man, it broke my heart watching her suffer that much. I mean, I would have done anything. Well, maybe not anything. (laughs) I sure would have helped her if I could have. (laughs) But after that baby was born, all she wanted to do, give me that baby. Right? First, when they handed her Matthew, Matthew peed all over. And I thought, oh boy. (laughs) I think this may be a sign. (laughs) Faith is the ability to endure the struggle because of the promise. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hmm. You know, the church preaches that it's your legalism that pleases God. That's not, that's not true. It's faith that pleases God. Now listen to this, because I know some of you are already beating yourself up. Oh, I wish I was a person of faith. I wish I had more faith. I wish. You know when the disciples ask for more faith? Do you know when? When Jesus told them they had to forgive each other 70 times 7. They said, oh dear Jesus, increase our faith. Right? (laughs) Can't do that in myself. For he who comes to God must believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do you know the fact that you are sitting here today tells me and tells him I'm a person of faith. And if you are a person that prays, Unless you're just stupid. I mean, I I don't know any other way to say it. People that pray have faith. Because why would you pray to a God you don't believe in? Are you getting this? I I want you to see that you're not all wrong. Because I know the devil. I know that he likes to point out everything we do wrong. And I'm telling you, if you're a person of prayer, if you're a person that loves to come to church, you're doing something right. Because you believe that there's a God in this couple that came down over here. They didn't come down for an emotional touch. They come down because they believe that there's one that can change their life. And He is the God that they pray to.
Mark eleven twenty two through 24. I love this. Jesus is talking to his crowd and he says, have faith in God. Some would say the better translation is have the faith of God. Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, but does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says, he'll have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Romans 10 tells us the Word of God has to be in two places. You hear me? The Word of God has to be in two places. Faith has to be in two places. It needs to be in your heart, but it needs to be in your mouth. You want to see God begin to do something? Stop praying and start speaking. Let your faith come out of your mouth. Quit trying to change your actions. Ask God to change your heart. Because out of the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I'm telling you, when you pray, the next few minutes, the next few days, the next few weeks are in, important. They're significantly important. I don't know how to say it. Tremendously important. To keep the faith. Don't pray for one thing and then talk about something else. Pray and believe, and if you can't say it right, don't say it. That's an anointed word for God. Shut your mouth. Hallelujah. I didn't think that'd be real popular. (laughs) When you pray, you are birthing. You hear me? You are giving birth. When you pray in faith, you are giving birth to things that are in the spiritual world. And you're bringing into the natural world. I don't know about that, Pastor. That seemed a little strange to me. Yeah, it is strange. If you think I understand it, I don't. I'm just telling you what the Lord told me. You get me? It it goes against this carnal brain. You know who has the hardest time receiving spiritual things? People that's got to figure it all out. If you're one of these scientific, oh, I just got to, this got to make sense. Now you, you're barking up the wrong tree, dog. Right? Because there's a lot of things in the kingdom of God that's not going to make sense to this old head. But I'm telling you by the Spirit, when you pray, you are birthing things. That's what he just said. You're giving birth to something that's spiritual. You're, I, I, way I see it in my mind is you're taking a lasso and you're saying, God, I know you promised that for me. And here I go. I'm going to lasso it. And now I'm going to begin to pull it in through prayer. I'm pulling this into my life. You have two options, folks. You can go through life physically. Got my ticket punched. I'm going to heaven. Bless God. But I thank God once more. I think he wants more for you. I think he wants to use you as a birthing machine. That's good. I don't know where this stuff is coming from, but that's good stuff. I'm telling you. Let's give birth to, you know, Jesus, he said this, when you pray, as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. I got news for you. It ain't. My wife is saying, oh, that's so bad English. <laughs> But it can be. Jesus wouldn't tell you to pray it if it's not a possibility. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. 
That's the, that's the earth I want to walk in. He goes on, he says, the world is going to rejoice when you suffer. But when we rejoice, the world's going to riot. We're seeing it today. We're seeing it today, right? The world and us as believers, we don't think alike. We don't act alike. We don't talk alike, right? We're seeing life from different perspectives. We're not criticizing them. You know, when a sinner sins, that's his nature. Don't get mad at him for that. Just pray God changes his nature, right? Natural people do natural things. God wants to take them out of that. You know salvation means deliverance? Some of you have been saved so long you forgot what you used to look like. And you were ugly. (laughs) And so was I. The last thing I got from this scripture, when we pray, we pray in faith and we use his name. The mighty name. The mighty name of Jesus. Pray in the name of Jesus. You know, he gave us that ability to use his name. You know, I I had a couple friends and um, they went out to eat together. And uh, my friend, he started a a card and he said, Hey, do you, you know who you're serving tonight? And um, the little waitress said, No. And she said, he said, um, this is the mayor of Murray. And she never lifted her head. She said, okay, <laughs> like big whoop, you know, <laughs> the mayor, Bill Wells, he was a, he was a comical guy. He said, do you know he, who he is? And he says, he owns Dairy Queen. All of a sudden her head come up. You own Dairy Queen? Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, perspectives have a way of changing, right? That doesn't thrill me much anymore, Dairy Queen. Well, sometimes it does. (laughs) I want to lie in the pulpit. (laughs) He says, in that day, you'll ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it. When you ask the Father in the name of Jesus, and he goes on, he says, ask. Come on. You got a need? You got a need and you're trying to figure it out. You're trying to solve your own needs. You can't do it. Can't do it. Here's the anointed word. Ask. Ask in the name of Jesus. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, I'm closing. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, I hope that's settled in your heart. Is that settled in your heart that God hears you when you pray? You don't have to have a goosebump. Come on, you old people. You don't have to have a goosebump. When you pray, God hears. It's his word. He says his eyes upon the righteous. You're not righteous because of what you do. You're righteous because it's a gift of Jesus. When you pray, God hears you. Regardless of what you feel. Because we don't walk by sight. We don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith. 
And if you know, if you have settled that, have you settled that? Have you? Mm, come on. If that's settled in your heart that when I pray, God hears me, listen to the next part. Whatever we ask, we know that we have a petition that we have asked of Him. He will give it to you. James chapter 5, this is a portion of Scripture that we pray all the time or read all the time in the church. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of Jesus, or in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. I don't see any question in that, do you? I don't see any debate in that. Just matter of fact. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. I love this last line. The effective... Fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It gets it done. Why? Because we're good? No, no. Because he's good. It glorifies God to answer your prayer. So would you lift up your eyes? Would you get your eyes off of, off of the nonsense? You know, the Bible says the cares of this life choke off the word. Satan is doing a masterful job getting us to just see problem. Oh, problem, 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 problem. Lift up your eyes. Put them on Christ. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Right? So he said, in a little while, (laughs) in a little while, this is all going to make sense to you. One of these days, you're going to hear a trumpet blow. Ooh, dogs. And when that trumpet blows, this old flesh is going to drop to the ground. And that spirit and out of here. So shall we ever be with the Lord. And then we'll know as we know. Right? We will know what he knows when we're in heaven. I'm telling you, folks, keep the faith. You have need of patience. Have you prayed? Have you prayed today? Have you come before the Lord and said, God, I'm broken. This is a broken area of my life. And I'm trusting you. Would you stand with me? We've already had deacon prayer. But I believe I almost changed the order of the service today. Where you could, uh, where I could preach first and then we could pray. I believe that God has stirred something in us today. I really do. I, I know He stirred it in me. I, I can tell you when I first read this this portion of Scripture, I thought, dear Jesus, what am I going to say about that? In a little while, you'll know, you know, in a little while, in a little while, He says it like six times, in a little while. I'm like, what are you saying? Give me eyes of faith. You hear me? Your, listen to me, your situation is not hopeless. Is there anything too hard for God? No. You have need of patience. Have we prayed? Now, stand in faith.
you've laid hold of the promise don't let go ask God give me that hanging in there power give me that power to 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 hold on to that promise that you have given me you know I went to church with a little lady when I was just a kid I'm I'm moving my glasses (laughs) she prayed for 35 years for her husband to get saved she didn't know it's going to take 35 years but guess what today that man's in heaven because his wife prayed and hung on to the promise there are people in this building right now that have prodigal children your children are not living the way you want them to live commit them to jesus call them back bible says with the prodigal son in the pig pen but he came to his senses and so can your daughter so can your son so can your loved ones they can come to their senses just like this young man over here he didn't get saved because of my great preaching it was a sovereign move of God God moved in his heart God wants to use us but he don't have to use us aren't you thankful you need to get real with God right now you might need to repent of words of doubt of words of fear and unbelief say God I just pray that those seeds fall to the ground and bear no fruit God cancel them cancel those seeds in my life let me hang on to this promise you're willing to pray now if you do not know Jesus that's the first thing you got to pray you need to you need to make sure that you ask him to forgive you of your sins and come into your heart and you need to tell somebody you need to tell somebody I prayed the prayer today for Jesus to come into my heart I'm gonna pray for you but you pray Jesus I have delivered the sermon that you have given me Lord I believe Lord it's words of life I believe it's a word that will change our life God I believe that there are people in here that's been praying stuff for a long time but Lord they've been doubting I'm there too God Lord I've doubted many things God I prayed in one breath and then stood up and doubted it but God I ask you Lord let those words fall to the ground and bear no fruit in my life and in their lives I repent that I've been a man of unbelief a wicked heart of unbelief and I ask you Jesus to give me that patience that hanging in their power to believe Lord that in a little while I'm gonna see the fulfillment of the promise I'm gonna see my loved ones come back into fellowship with you I'm gonna see you change this city that I've been praying for for years this city will be a city of transformation God I believe, Lord, that that you are going to redeem the the addicts, God. That you're going to redeem the sinners, Lord. That you are going to redeem the wicked, God. You're going to give them a new heart to serve you. God, I believe, Lord, that you're going to break these things off our life, Lord. And we're going to hang in there until we see it done. God, one young man prayed for, Lord, to be delivered from cigarettes. God, I pray, Lord, break that over his life right now, right today. Break it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. See the difference that he's looking for. God, the poor man cried out, and you delivered him from all his fears. 
God, we don't, especially men, don't like to act like we have a fear in our life. But God, we do. We do. We have lots of fears. I pray, Lord, right now for this congregation to deliver them from fear. In Jesus' name, may they have power, love, and a sound mind. God, we receive your word today into our heart. And we believe it. Lord, we believe what has been preached today. And we ask in faith, believing for our deliverance. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Brother Denny. Hallelujah. God bless you. It's so wonderful to have you. Make sure your name gets on that contact list. I do want to say personally from myself and my family, I want to thank you for your prayers this past week. Thank you for checking on us. Thank you for uh, texting calls and all that. Uh, it's, it's meant a lot. We've, uh, we've been through a lot, but, but a good, solid church family, and I, and I appreciate that. That's, that's really helped. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, we do have a lot going on. Make sure you get a bulletin if you didn't get one already. They're on the welcome table in the back. It's got a calendar with all the stuff in February. Uh, we have the uh, the men's meeting on Tuesdays. Uh, this Friday is the prayer on the square. This Friday is also the ladies' meeting, and then of course Saturday is the street reach, and uh, all all kinds of stuff in there. The uh, the youth are doing the Valentine's banquet on the seventeenth. Uh, a lot of stuff going on, so make sure that you get a bulletin so that uh, you can know what all is going on. So raise your hand, receive the Lord's blessing. May the Lord bless you, and may He keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord live His countenance upon you and give you peace. Nothing missing and nothing broken. Go in peace and serve the Lord.